0: ladies and gentlemen welcome into a new episode of the now name changed elevate your words podcast from the elevate podcast and today i'm honored and excited to be back and starting up season two with a great guest and my guy coach joe hart now a lot of people don't really know coach joe hart but coach joe hart is a successful entrepreneur who's been successfully teaching people how to flip products by finding them at your local stores like a walmart a thrift store and flipping them online on sites such as amazon and ebay in this interview we go over his journey and how he values getting better every single day we also talked about his business in being products for profit and how he's not only doing this for himself but he's teaching thousands and thousands of people had to do this as well this is a can't miss interview as always i am your host ek chandler and stay blessed stay prosperous stay dangerous and enjoy this episode just your first question just for the people that may not know just a little bit of introduction to who you are and also what you do as well
1: Cool. Yeah, we can do that. My name's Joe. I actually just turned 32. Married to my wife, Savannah. We currently live in New Jersey. We moved up here about four years ago. Kind of going back to childhood, growing up, lived middle-class family. Parents ended up getting divorced when I was in eighth grade, but stayed close together. So while most, or I see a lot of divorces that end up bad, it's the best kind of divorce that could have happened because they always put us first. There was no custody battle. Or anything like that. And they made sure to live within 10 minutes of each other while we all, myself, my brother and sister, finished school. So that was a huge blessing. And uh, growing up, I played baseball. That was like my sport of choice. I'd like to think I was pretty good, but I ended up not loving it anymore. I didn't love to go to practice anymore. And so after I finished uh, my year, my sophomore year, I decided that I, it probably wasn't in my best interest uh, to. To keep going, I mean, I still would have tried hard, but I wasn't enjoying it. So I ended up starting working at Gold's Gym. I was a, they called me a floor associate. I'm essentially a glorified gender. But I actually learned a lot and met a lot of connections through there and really kind of established my work ethic that still plays a role in what I do today. And uh, I ended up going off to college uh, to the University of Dayton uh, in Ohio, go Flyers. And I ended up joining the cheerleading team my freshman year essentially they were looking for guys and I had never done it. There was a guy on my floor was like, do you got to try this out? And I'm like, dude, there's no way I'm doing that. That is like the lamest, the lamest thing I could think of doing. And he goes, I mean, at least come down, check it out. I mean, the girls are attractive. And I was like, well, this could be a good way to meet some girls. I mean, that would be cool. So I ended up joining the team and really starting from like round zero, no idea how to stunt, no idea how to tumble. And I quickly learned that I really enjoyed the physical aspect of the sport. And that, and that turned to me doing four years on the cheer team there while simultaneously working at a couple gyms and learning how to coach, coach kids, basic tumbling, as I was learning. And so that one choice of joining the cheer team my freshman year of college really directed me in a whole different direction. I'm not sure where I would be in life without that choice because I've been coaching now for 12 years and it's been a extremely fulfilling aspect of my life where I'm able to go into the gym each day, coach teams, coach tumbling and be a positive role model for a lot of kids who maybe just need someone to look up to, or come from broken homes, or maybe have a great family life, and, and they just want to get better as an athlete. So for me, that's a huge blessing. And I'm extremely thankful that, you know, God led me to that choice. And but after graduating college, I'll kind of revert back after graduating college, I got my degree in exercise science, I personally trained for a year in Atlanta, and i ended up started dating a girl in florida so i ended up moving to florida about a year later and started personal training a little bit but started bartending at the at a yacht and country club that was in the area and so i got some experience firsthand in the service industry where you know you could do everything right but people will still blame you even if they're miserable and happy so you really those were great lessons to learn. As far as one, I didn't want to work for minimum wage. Two, people are going to be happy, happy or unhappy regardless. So you kind of really, I learned how to really take some heat for things that were out of my control, and I learned how to react instead of just act. I took a deep breath, realized, all right, it's not that big of a deal. They're probably having a bad day it's way easier to think before you speak than to blurt out something that you want to say because that'll get you in trouble a lot of times. Yeah. So with that being said, I worked a few different jobs. My last corporate job after bartending, I worked in the insurance industry. I was a personal lines insurance underwriter. I worked for like car, home, auto, umbrella, some liability stuff. I did that for two years. And after sitting in the cubicle for two years, I was like, I'm not sure if this is really what I want to do. Shortly after I finished my two years, my wife and I got married. We moved up to New Jersey and I got a job working for a coin auctioning company. And I worked there for about a year. But around that same time, I've jumped on like this side of Twitter. Some people call it money Twitter. Some people call it hustle Twitter whatever you want to call it. I just... I don't really want to describe it as one of those quote niches because I consider a lot of people who are in different niches all within one group of people who I follow. And I was seeing the opportunity, people growing their social media accounts, people making money online and people, you know, networking and and connecting with people. And I thought, man, this is kind of cool because I had been on Twitter since 2010, but all I used it for was like memes and you know, guy humor pages and the occasional sports stuff. And I thought, you know what? If I'm gonna be on this platform wasting time, why not try to build something valuable? Maybe other people will bring value. Or maybe I can look back on it, you know, 10 years from now and think, okay, that was cool. That's where I started. This is where I am now. I um, mean, at the time I was struggling financially. I was living paycheck to paycheck. I had, I don't know, eight to ten thousand dollars in credit card debt. And I was like, man, something's got to change. And so one day I came across Gary Vee and was talking about garage sales, estate sales and, and flipping stuff. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. I, I flipped stuff on occasion when I was younger. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go hit up some garage sales and estate sales, you know, while I work. So I was working 40 hours and then I was coaching another 20. So I was pretty busy, but I was like, you know what? We're just going to do this on the weekends. And I found that. It was one fun to do. Maybe wasn't the most time efficient because you never know what you're going to get. But sometimes you find these hidden gems where you're paying a dollar and selling it for thirty, paying five dollars, selling it for seventy. And I thought, man, this is really cool. And so I was doing that consistently. And then at the same time on Twitter, I'm I'm seeing these people who are commenting on other people's posts, like, "How do I make money? I, I just need to cover my phone bill." I Want to make an extra 500 bucks a month. And I thought, what if I help teach people what I've learned? Because I was making a couple extra thousand dollars a month doing this. So, what if I did that? What if I put something out there that could help people? And that's what led to my first product, The Art of Flipping, um, which is like an intro to reselling online. And then, you know, we, we take a look two years later. we. I helped start a reseller group, and I've got a few business partners, and we've got about 1,100 members in it. And I've moved to retail arbitrage and online arbitrage, and and things are rolling. I'm
0: excited. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, And it's just so beautiful just hearing you talk about your journey. You know, from different, you know, different stages. You worked at the gym. Obviously, you did coaching. Did you know everything when you were in college? Talk a little bit about you know. Living in those moments, because I think everybody goes on a journey and it's a marathon, you know, because everybody wants to go through a race of just going from point A to point B or really point A to point C so quickly. But you took literally at every opportunity that you were doing something, you learned something from that, which is so powerful.
1: Right. So, that, I mean, that's a great point to touch on. And I get caught up, too, because we live in this fast paced environment where it's like, go, go, go. I feel like the past six weeks has been a whirlwind. I can't even remember what day it is, you know. But I think it is important to try to enjoy the moments, even through the good and the bad, right? So when I moved to New Jersey and I was like living paycheck to paycheck, I was trying out like trading online, and I lost, I lost any extra money I had, and that was that was one of the lower points in my life. I just got married. I was, I love my wife, but I was just, I was waking up just like man another day you know and part of that problem was i was comparing myself to people i don't know or maybe a few people i knew from college and seeing what they were doing they were having families they got the promotion at their job and i was looking at myself i'm like i'm 27 years old i'm 28 years old and i feel like i've accomplished nothing and i realized that was one of the big mistakes that i made as well as a lot of other people make they compare themselves to other people rather than comparing yourself to who you were last week, last month, last year, five years from now. And so when that, that light switch came on and I was like, I'm done comparing myself to other people. I'm gonna focus on what I can control, how I'm gonna get better and you know, document my journey as it happens and if people are interested, great. If people aren't interested, that's cool too. And so living in the moment you know, when times are good, it's easy to to get ahead of yourself and think life's going to be, you know, just perfect. I don't have a perfect life. But because of, you know, being a little selfish and putting myself first, as far as improvement and and increasing my income and, and going to the gym and all these other little things that quickly add up to a whole life change, my life's completely different than it was like, three years ago. I'm a, I'm way less stressed. I don't stress out about money. I don't stress out about a lot of things that I used to because, you know, after a couple years of legit, just being consistent, sacrificing time with, with friends on the weekend because I wanted to build something, now I can pretty much do, you know, to an extent what I want, when I want.
0: And again, it's just, you said something that you talked about getting better because something I see you do every single day, just about on your Twitter you ask who got better today because that's just so important to get better every single day and something I go by is getting 1% better because you know when you get 1% better that's just compound interest over and over and over and exactly. over Exactly. And it's just like can you speak on just getting better daily especially if it's just small gains you know because people again want to get a large gain in one day but those small gains you never realize how much they add up you know.
1: No for sure. I started the who got better every day. I don't I- I say I've been doing that for probably over a year now. It's got to be. And it was more of a reminder to myself, like when I put that out there, I asked myself, did I get better? And then I saw it as like, maybe someone else needs to see this and they can ask themselves if they got better. So that's why I've consistently done that every single night. But I think people, when when you made a great point of like the 1% better, the compound interest over time, people overestimate what they can accomplish in like a day, a week, or a month, but underestimate what can be done in six months to a year, Mm -hmm. right? So when I look at getting better, it doesn't mean I get better in all aspects of my life every single day. Getting better could be me getting stronger in the gym just by like a little bit, like pushing myself that extra 30 minutes, it could be, hey, I found a new product that that sells for a decent margin, and I learned about the distributor and where I can get this. I mean, that's getting one percent better in business. Or it could be learning something new, or spending, you know, thirty minutes reading a book and learning something new, whether it's history or something that could, you know, help in business, or or maybe just a quote that, you know, someone needs to hear. People think that you have to get like hundred percent better every day, and it's just not possible. But as you mentioned, that one percent or one tenth of one percent better every single day compounds to where you may not see big results your first two to three months, but if you stay consistent and take a look six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, if you can try to get better in, you know in one aspect of your life every single day through your good days and your bad days, Um, your life will completely change.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And just, you know, speaking on kind of what you were saying too, when you talk about six months, you know, six to 12 months, something I see from you, you've got such a strong belief in yourself and your abilities. You know, how do you gain that confidence to know, like, like you're saying in the gym, I'm going to get better, you know, in business, I'm going to get better. I'm going to find new ways, a quote, whatever it is, but it comes from a certain confidence, knowing that I'm going to get better. You know, how do you build that kind of confidence?
1: Honestly, it goes, but I was never, I'm, I haven't always been that confident, right? I, I t- I've already touched on like a low point when I was kind of dreading waking up and I felt myself like a failure. And really it started with legit cutting out a lot of negativity in my life. I don't watch the news. I don't have cable. I don't, my circle of friends It's fairly small, and they're all fairly positive people. Some are successful. Some aren't. I spend a lot of time with my family, but I I cut out a lot of the negativity. I stopped comparing myself to other people, and I legit focused on – I wrote down, like, what are my goals a year from now? What are my goals three years from now, five years? Where do I want to be financially? Where do I want to be physically? Where do I want to be spiritually? How – where do I – what is the ideal husband? Like, how can I be a better husband, right? And so I started writing out all these goals and then I started putting them in sub-mini sub, sub mini goals, like things that are attainable in a shorter period of time that build for the long-term vision. And really that confidence came from being consistent and trying to get better 1% a day after six months to a year. Because once you see you know, where you started a year from going and where you are now, It's natural to be confident. Like there's plenty of things in my life where let's take cheerleading, for example. I was not confident in trying that out, but I stayed consistent with it for four years. And I was pretty confident with my abilities because I every day that I went to practice, my goal was to get better in some little way. The same with business, the same with, you know, relationships. It's really eliminating that that comparison to other people, because it's really easy to get down on yourself. And I'm 32 years old, right? And I'm seeing, you know, 20 year olds making, you know, 100, $200,000 a month, right? And I'm not making anything like that. And so for me, I could say, dang, man, like I must be a failure, like if they're doing that, but I don't do that. One, I'm just happy for them. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, you're gonna crush it. But for me, I'm like, where was I two years ago? I was making three thousand dollars a month, right? I was barely able to cover bills. And now I'm I'm so far past that. That's how that's how I keep positive and that's how I'm more confident in the ability. It's just the more that you do it, the more confident you are. You could never play, you know, basketball in your life. You walk into a gym, shoot some baskets, you're not gonna feel confident, especially if you get asked to play a pickup game. But if you go play basketball for, I don't know, let's say six months to a year and you practice, someone asks you to go play a pickup game, you're going to feel naturally a little more confident. The same thing happens, you know, in business and relationships. You develop confidence over time. I don't think it's a, I mean, I think some people are more confident naturally than others. Some people are a little hesitant, but the more chances you take on yourself and and the more that you fail and continue to fail, but never quit. I mean, that builds the confidence factor.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you said something too about goals and how you kind of had that visualization of making the micro goals and then just letting them stack and stack and stack. But also that comes with consistency and discipline, you know, discipline to say, you know what, I'm going to stay on these goals. You know, regardless, I'm going to keep fighting. You know, talk a little bit about discipline and how discipline and consistency have helped you. Because I know there's so many people that want to, do different things, but I think I, I, I truly believe discipline is the one area if people learn to really master. That include myself, you know. If they learn to not maybe not master it, but get better at it, I think discipline can take so people like to a whole new level as well as consistency.
1: Yeah, I almost feel like discipline is a part of consistency, right? There's a quote that's in our gym, and it says, "Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard." And that, to me, is discipline. It's really willing to go is to you know do what is necessary to get to that next level. And I, I'm not going to put the blame on social media because everyone is is in charge of their life, right? Hmm. But we live in such a fast-paced environment. I can pick up my phone and I can I can know the weather. I can see notifications on Twitter, and I could check Amazon and eBay all in under a minute, right? I could do a lot of different things. And so we're used to this fast-paced environment. We're used to, you know, oh, I can order food. It'll be here in 15 minutes, right? I don't have to cook it. I can order something on Amazon. It'll be here tomorrow. We're in this fast-paced environment where we want results fast. And with social media, you know, people will see, oh, this guy made $100,000 this year, and, and two years ago, he didn't have any money, right? What they don't see is that the endless nights of him staying up late or she staying up late, the early mornings, the, the self-doubt, because there is self-doubt when you start a business or, or anything else, and the wondering, like, are you going to make that break? Am I going to get to the next level? And so that, I think, all encompasses discipline. You've got to be willing to go in day in and day out. I'm not saying you hustle 24-7, because let's be honest. That's unrealistic and it's just not good, right? You gotta get your rest. But I do think that being disciplined enough to take that 20 minutes a day, the 30 minutes a day, or you have an hour a day when possible, to work on those goals broken down into micro goals and work on accomplishing those and, and doing a weekly and monthly checkup and saying, okay, this is this is where I did well this month, this is where I didn't do so well, so how can I do better this next month? But yeah, discipline's huge. I know some super talented people, whether it's athletes or or people in general who have so much God-given gifts and they don't use them um, because they're just not disciplined enough. They think that things should come easy because they are talented in those areas, but because they don't exert themselves consistently They don't get to reap the benefits. And and it's a shame to see, I see it with athletes all the time. I've seen some really talented athletes and I'm like, you could do so many good things if you would just put in a little extra work, but you do the bare minimum. um, So they get minimum results. And and that's what a lot of people want. They want to do the bare minimum to get the maximum results. And that's just not life. It's not life. Life, you know, people say life is unfair. And I can agree with that um, to an extent, but life is really what you make it. I wouldn't be in this position if I didn't bust my ass for a couple years, you know, that's just how it goes.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, opportunities as well. That's kind of what it boils down to is, you know, taking accountability and saying, you know what, I want to do something different. And something that you said a little bit earlier with social media, you know, we talk about the quote unquote hustle, Twitter, money, Twitter, you know, that's it's kind of got that. And the thing is to me, you know, from just being able to see what you do and some of the other people, you know, I look up to and kind of that side of Twitter, the biggest thing I see with you guys is there's a feeling of, you know, holding each other accountable, but also being around people that want better, like better things. It's just kind of like a group of just people that want to get better. And can you talk a little bit about having the right, you know, people around you, even if it's through social media, seeing different opportunities. Cause like you said, you, you look to some of these people and like, Hey, I like what you're doing. You got motivated from the motivation from them to do your own thing, but just how important is it to realize really the power of social media, especially in this generation?
1: I mean, it's massive side story. So my business partner for the resale group, Mm -hmm. his name's Greg or also known as Toyfolio. Mm -hmm. I've never met him in person. Never met him in person, but I, we met through social media. I actually, we're going out to Vegas tomorrow, so I'm actually going to meet him for the first time in over a year. I've, I've had a few Zoom calls, a few phone calls, but that's like legit the power of social media when you use it for good. You can, there's a lot of people that use social media to, to complain, to whine, to troll people, but there's so much opportunity out there. And, and I'm living proof of this because I've connected with a lot of great minds on Twitter and it's... You know, there's people that I would trust with my life that I've never met on social media that they know that I would have their back and they would have mine. And that's just through constant connection and networking. But, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people is huge. Uh, There's that saying that goes, if you hang around five broke people, you're bound to be the sixth, right? If you hang around, it's the same. If you hang around negative people, you're more in tune to be a negative person. Not every day is, the, is my best day. I, th- I feel like I'm a fairly positive person because I hang around positive people. I don't deal, I, I don't touch on negativity. Anyone who's really negative towards me is, is an insta-block. Like, I don't, I don't want to see it on my timeline, you know. And you don't have to be actual friends with people. You know, on social media for them to be motivating and for you to feel like you're in their circle or they're in your circle. Sometimes it's just commenting and engaging with their content, saying, Hey, love what you're doing, keep it up, you know, simple things like that. And it's just been huge. I love seeing the transformation of this side of Twitter because when I joined two years ago, it was a whole lot different than it is now, but in a good way. A lot of people have changed their lives, a lot of people are working on changing their lives. And I've met some of my best friends that we've been able to meet up just through connecting through a free bird app, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just really just putting yourself out there and, and, and communicating with people. I'm extremely happy with what I've been able to accomplish, but I wouldn't have been able to accomplish it solely by myself. It's all through like jumping on stuff like this. Like for me, like doing a, doing an interview like this, this is fun. I love doing this type of stuff mm-hmm. through, through DMs, through, phone calls and meetups it it's really like there's so much that goes into it but it's not as time consuming as people make it out to be um it's just you know whenever you have a few minutes you, you dm someone hey how's it going hope you're having a good day i saw you tweeted this you know i love to see you crushing it like that's how you make connections it can be as simple as that you know
0: absolutely absolutely and the other day i gotta give you a congrats here you know you Talked about how you, you know, hit a huge milestone on your gumroad sales, you know, that's huge, you know. So again, congratulations on that. Thank you. Let me ask you this question, because I feel there's people look at wealth and rich. They kind of look at that as kind of like this negative thing, because people feel like money. I do. I do feel like money does change some people. But let me ask you personally. You're a very humble guy, very relaxed, very positive. Has money changed you?
1: No. It's only changed what I'm able to do. I believe, I don't think money changes people. I think it just amplifies who they actually are as a person. Hmm. So I don't think money's changed me. I may be more confident in what I can afford to do, per se, but I haven't, I don't think of myself as holier than thou. I don't think of myself as better than someone. I don't think it's changed me. I just think it's changed the different types of opportunities that I've. You know, can take advantage of, but that's me personally. Uh, some some people may disagree. You know, maybe I think I think money may change people if they view it as the sole importance in life. Making money is fun, right? But it's not the actual dollars that mean anything to me. Like dollars are dollars, and dollars are dollars. What what means something is what that what I can use that for to to set myself up financially free, to take care of my kids and my grandkids and my mom and and anyone else who I want to help. I have this long-term vision of, you know, five, six years from now, I'd like to start a non-for-profit organization, and, and I don't know what it would look like. I don't know if it's helping, you know, homeless kids, like, get on their feet. I don't know if it's helping people who want to start a business. I want to do more philanthropy work down the road, but in order for me to do that, like, I've got to uh, grind a little bit harder now and and focus on scaling everything that I have going on so I can do that. Um, I really want to help people at the end of the day. Um, Some people, you know, when I posted the the Gumroad thing, some people are like, oh, he's, oh, that's all he cares about is Gumroad sales. And really, I I didn't show it off to brag. It was more of like a reminder of myself, like, hey, this this is where I was a couple of years ago. But to be honest, like that day, there was a new member in our group who got their first sale. I was way more excited for them to get their first sale on eBay, which was probably like a $30 sale than I was for hitting that milestone. I legit love seeing people win. I have a tendency, and my friends tell me this all the time, that sometimes I'm too hard on myself and sometimes I don't enjoy my own wins. And that could be a good and bad thing. I don't like focusing on me. You know, I, I love seeing other people get better. Because it's motivation for myself and it's like, man, they were able to do that. I can remember that feeling. It's a great feeling or man, they just lost 10 pounds. Like that's so good. I bet they feel so much better. Like, you know, wow. Like they just started their own business. You know, I I hope that they stay consistent. They got the discipline to to keep with it because it's it's a lot of hard work, but it's fulfilling if they continue to push through. So I, I have this tendency of not celebrating my wins very much. I just see it as, you know, all right, I did that. What's the next thing? And that could be a good or bad thing. That's why I'm looking forward to this trip tomorrow. It is partly business, but I'm also going to relax for a few days and and chill out and hang by the pool, have a drink, go four wheeling and, and eat some good food. You know, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, definitely. You deserve it, man. Like, seriously, like take some time out enjoy life for real. Just a couple more questions for you. I want to get your perspective on this because I think, you know, through everything you've been through, you've had a great deal of success in a number of areas. What would you say are some of the main characteristics of success?
1: It's a good question. And I think it's going to be dependent on what everyone's definition of success is because my definition may be different than other people. Some people view success as being worth, you know, $20 million, and they do that as success or having a Lamborghini or a mansion. I view success as having financial independence, whatever that may be, because that'll be different for, for anyone, depending on where they live and, and what their financial goals are. But while being happy and content, content with their existing life, what they're doing now, but never striving to settle, I always want something to go after to keep myself pushing after something. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. But characteristics of someone successful is one, I think you need to be, you know, a somewhat positive and nice person. That's gonna sound kind of cliche. There's a lot of quote, successful people who are A-holes, right? But they just seem unhappy. And I for me, like if you're worth a hundred million dollars and you're unhappy, that's not success, right? I think one being a happy and positive person, two, like physical health, like I love going to the gym um some things i don't feel like doing it but like feeling like i'm in good shape and you know just feeling good about myself that to me is a sign of success and a third one is is relationships you know i'm married i've got friends i'm a coach i'm a director i think being able to establish good relationships and effectively communicating with people is a huge area of success and when you can combine those three things along with your due diligence and your consistency and, and grit and money becomes the byproduct of those things put together. And so people view the money as the successful part, but it's really how you built yourself up to attain that success is how I view success.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's great, man. That's, that's beautiful right there. One last question for you. i love to ask my guest this. It kind of flows completely in with the brand. Through everything you've been through. Everywhere you want to go, what would you say defines Joe Hart? You know, not, it can be a sentence, it can be a few words. What would you say defines who you are? You know, just overall, what defines or, you know, what words define or paragraphs define Joe Hart?
1: I would say it's something that I've said for three years now. And I don't even remember, I think I was just driving and it triggered, but I would say if I could describe my personal profile, brand, whatever average is the enemy. Hmm. I don't remember how I came up with that. I've never heard it say anywhere else. So unless it was said years before, and I don't know about it, I apologize, but it's something that I've always like, average is the enemy. And it's not to say that you have to be above average or great in every aspect of your life. But just by being consistent, by eliminating negativity, by not watching the news, you become happier than the average person. I mean, if you take a look around, like I'm in stores a lot when I'm sourcing and I, and I like to watch, I, I like to observe people. A lot of people just seem unhappy and it's a shame, right? Because I view every day as a gift, right? Every day is a gift. But I feel like people get stuck in this cycle of, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna go to work, I'm gonna come home, I'm gonna work some more, I'm gonna eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed. And people do that for 40 years and call that living. Mm. And I just, I, I see people, I, I saw people do this when I worked in insurance. I'm like, I don't want that. No, and, and if that's what people want, by all means, go for it. But like, to me, that's just like an average life. I want to experience, I want to travel. I don't want to have to worry about bills. I want to get stronger every day. I want to help as many people as possible. And so- to me that's above average so that's that's what i've started out doing you know 3 years ago and that's what i'm going to continue to do until the day i die i don't want to be like the average person to me that that's boring we have one life right why why do i want to do it average i mean that just i wouldn't want to do that if when it comes to you know if i'm blessed to come to the end of my life and i get to review back on everything that i've done all the people I've met, the relationships I've built, I don't want to have any regrets in saying, I wish I would have tried that, Agreed. you know? Yeah. And that's what we hear is the biggest regret from people who are on their deathbed. It's like, man, I wish I would have tried that. I wish I would have taken that chance. When I drive by a, a cemetery, it's a reminder. I, I always wonder and this, I don't know if it's really a dark thought, but I always wonder how many million dollar dreams are laying in there because they never took the chance of themselves how many people could they affect them in a positive way because they didn't take a chance of themselves and that's like motivation for me
0: that's it for today's episode i hope you enjoyed the show and got some kind of elevation from it as always if you did enjoy that show rate us like us share us On all streaming platforms where podcasts are available, such as Spotify and Apple, and even follow us on all of our social media pages on Defining Elevation on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. As always, I am your host, EK Chandler, and do not forget to continue to elevate your worth. But most importantly, stay blessed, stay prosperous, stay dangerous, and I'll catch you on the next episode.